And if there is ever an encouraging reason to to exercise, if anybody who hasn't done it or doesn't do it consistently, it is that. Yeah. Because life doesn't give you that many uh, victories. These are victories that you can make for yourself. Hey guys, welcome to Resiliency Rounds. And today we're going to be talking about fitness. Physical fitness. Man, you know, I, was, I couldn't find the word. I was, thinking of, I was thinking of exercise. I was thinking of physical wellness. It was physical fitness. Like, you know, I, I thought about it the other day and it completely slipped my mind. It's so weird. I was like, that would sound weird if you say we're talking about exercise. <laughs> so, physical education. Physical Kinesiology. <laughs> but anyway, so Eddie. Yes. Eddie. Uh, in your mind, what is the purpose of exercise? The purpose of exercise is to um, uh, to maintain health, to help uh, reduce your risk to disease that are uh, diseases that are associated with sedentary lifestyle. But there's also, I think, other benefits that uh, involve things having to do with emotional well-being, uh, stress relief. Um, there is a ritualistic practice of discipline, but also a self, like you're testing yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would describe it. This, so there's yeah. kind of three levels. One of them, which I think is kind of like the general popular understanding of it. The second one has to do more with... Um, you know, the uh, kind of the emotional stress relief benefits to it. Mm-hmm. And then, but the third layer is the one that I think is some, it's just my own personal view, which is I think there is a testing and development of, you know, mental fortitude uh, that's incorporated as part of the process. Yeah, man, I think that's uh, it's a great summary of all the reasons why someone should exercise. So I know of research that says that exercise helps with depression and helps with anxiety. But when you look at the root cause, um, that answer, I don't think is so simple. And so I have a completely opinion-based rationale behind it. But I just think that there is, and it's kind of a sort of a blunt, unobvious uh, explanation, but there, we are wired to to have in our lives some modicum of physical exertion. Not some. We are wired to have physical activity. It's part of being alive. And so... I completely agree with you. Right. And so then when you don't have that, then it's it's sort of like, you know, the the ruminating brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's where it's, you know, the part where cognitive, psychological states and physical states have a mutually interactive it's a concurrent dynamic that's happening there and when you're when you've completely lost to opportunities of physical exertion what you end up in situations is um where you have a mind i think that just ruminates um without actually expressing them in a physical way and i think in uh over an imbalance in that. If, if there's too much, if there's too much thinking and not enough 
doing or not enough doing of what you're thinking about in certain circumstances, I think that's what leads to some of these problems because that, that is, those are the conditions I think cognitively that you need, sure, to make rational decisions and discoveries and lots of good things. But for certain people, those are the exact conditions you also need to end up in anxiety spirals and depression and, you know, feeling detached, uh, losing the sense of, uh, of, of deriving pleasure from activity, right? So, the, you know, the anhedonia that happens uh, with depression. So um, I think that's the relationship in my no, obviously, you're not suggesting that essentially if you're depressed, clinically depressed, you go for a run and then you're not going to be depressed anymore. No. But this but is I mean, more of this chronic kind of a, a life that is now unhinged from physical activity. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking about it a second ago, right, about a walking meditation. Right. Like It's not necessarily that you are meditating while you're walking. The fact that you're walking, you're meditating. Now, mm-hmm. if you take a step further from that, like if you go out on a run, it clears your mind. The reason is beyond a certain point, all you're thinking about is, man, this sucks. And I have to like suck in air Mm -hmm. and you can't think of anything else. Like I have been in bad moods and gone off for a run and come back and, and my mind is absolutely clear. Yeah. Sublimation. That's what Freud called it. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, the, uh, when you take, right. Take that nervous energy and you turn it into physical or, or something, you know. Well, if you're running, if you're in pain, uh, in discomfort, your mind has to focus on that. You know, it does not focus on these other trivial things, a hundred other trivial things that kind of weigh down the mind and cause anxiety go away. Yeah. And so I get that. I can, I can understand that. I think, um, my fitness journey has has fluctuated significantly. And I think in the beginning for me, um, I really got into fitness first by requirement and also by my own desire was when I was in the military. I had to, there was, you had fitness requirements that you had to meet. Um, but I remember after passing my general boards, I had this, I woke up one morning and I said, okay, I think I feel like cognitively, intellectually, I'm heading in the right direction. I need to focus on my body. So after that, I made that decision. Um, I got connected with a uh, personal trainer who's still a good friend of mine. Um, and he basically kind of laid out, this, you know, this is kind of the pathway to fitness. Uh, his name was Herman, great guy. Um, and, um, and so basically he started me through the process and, we started off, you know, with the basics, getting the cardio good and built up. And then from there, gradually moving into, you know, like high, high uh, rep, low weight regimens to get the form figured out. And then from there, we started to move up to heavier weights. How old were you? Um, geez, this is like back in 2000 and this would have been back in 2010-ish. So 10 years ago. So like I was in... Late twenties. No, so like 30s. no, like no, no. I would be like mid thirties, mid thirties, early to mid thirties. So, um, geez, now I'm realizing how old I am. <laughs> but anyway, so, but you're right. You're bringing up a good point. I think I know what you're implying there. But um, so it started to happen. Like I started, I got into really amazing shape, and uh, for me, for my own personal standards, and so it got to the point where you know I was barely passing the physical fitness test to where I was acing it. I was like in the top percentile for passing. And I got to the point where I was leading unit exercises. 
we would have group, we would have um, competitive runs, and nobody in my age group was in the where I was. I was always finishing either first or second uh, in the mile and a half run that we would do as a unit. So it'd be like me and then like 20 year olds. It was, um, so I'd reached this level of physical uh, fitness that I was mm-hmm. proud of. Um, and then, and then I started doing CrossFit. <laughs> so, so I have, there's like a love hate relationship there because in the military at that time where I was, CrossFit was a very big thing and that's something I wanted to try. Anyway, it took, uh, it took one day of doing squat thrusters during one of the exercises <laughs> where I told my, I tore my rotator cuff <laughs> and, uh, I didn't get it fixed right away. I tried to rehab my way out of it and I just could not do it. And so there it was, like, boom, I have an injury, and it's, it's amazing how a shoulder injury impacts oh, yeah. everything you can do from an exercise standpoint. You're the leopard now, the broken part. Right, I was like the leopard. I, now I just needed to crawl up a tree and wait to die. And so um, it was very frustrating. So from there, there was a massive decline. And then that was right as I was heading into fellowship, which was even worse, because now yeah. my time schedule was totally obliterated. I didn't have control of my time at that point. And so it was a gradual just losing, losing all my strength. And so, um, but then after graduating fellowship, uh, I started to come back to it using the lessons that I had learned, but I noticed that it had to be a little bit different because I found that what I was doing, the mistake that I made was I didn't have moderation. I didn't have temperance. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I've never told you this, but I it got to the point where I was actually working out twice a day. Just because. I'm not surprised, man. Because I remember, <laughs> not, we worked out today. <laughs> Is that why? I remember. No, no, no. Because I, I distinctly. I know what it, I know what you went through. Like I know exactly what you, you went through. Because you went through it too. But I, I distinctly remember being bored and not being able to sleep. And in the military, the gyms are open 24 hours, so they're very. So I remember having insomnia. It would be like 11 o'clock at night. I'd worked out early that morning, worked all day, my notes are caught up, the kids are asleep, my wife's asleep, nothing going on at 11 o'clock, I can't sleep, I go to the gym and I knock out like a cardio workout or I'll do a circuit or something like that and then go to work the next day. So I wasn't actually, I wasn't even sleeping the way I needed to and it was only later that I realized, oh yeah, you need to sleep. Turns out sleep's really important. Um, So I was on this overdoing it type path. And so uh, that led to you know, the shoulder injury. So, so when I resumed, I noticed that I was much more mindful about injury prevention. And I started to listen to my body. I, and it wasn't um, about uh, how I looked so much or numbers, because I was getting pretty obsessed with numbers. It was more of like, how do I feel? Uh, like my joints, are they hurting? Mm-hmm. Um, and but then the, the other thing that started to creep in too, because this was right at about the time where I'd started to do some things. I did the Cabot Zinn's book, Mindfulness, and some of that stuff started to creep in. And it seemed very um, amenable to me to say some of this stuff applies, I think, to exercise. And so I gradually, little by little, started to involve um, basically mental exercise, is what I was doing. I realized that. A lot of what I was doing to begin with was already a mental exercise, but I just formalized it and said, okay, what I'm going to do here is um, just think about what I'm doing, but also give myself like mental challenges. So as I'm enduring the pain of, for example, of that last set or the last rep of the last set, um, 
you know, practicing and not trying to avoid the pain, just like almost embracing it, like incorporating kind of a, a mindful acceptance to that. And so it totally changed my perspective on exercise. And I realized I was coming out of gyms feeling like I had just meditated and not so much like, oh, I, you know, I'm, you know I, I wore myself out. Like I, I blew, you know, I blew up the gym and I'm walking out. So, um, so, and now I am where I am right now, which is largely looking at exercise as something that I still want to do. I mean, I, I still want to look good naked, but I know it's much bigger than that. And I involve a lot more, uh, just sort of, um, what I call cognitive exercise in what I'm doing and being mindful about um, how I'm approaching the exercise and what I'm feeling and using that as an opportunity to kind of practice dealing, breathing through or dealing with and thinking through moments of stress. But in this case, what I'm talking about is physical stress, uh, which is a good surrogate, I think, for kind of the emotional stresses that we go through. So, yeah. No, I think that's a, that's I think it's a pretty typical. What I figured out now is it's a pretty typical um, uh, journey with exercise. Well, however, in your case, you're talking about like starting a little bit later, like in your thirties. But I'm sure you worked out in your twenties too, right? Um, I've I've never been steadily in shape. Like exactly. um, when I was in high school, I was in good shape. I was on the swim team. Ah, yeah, that's right. You were in the swim team, right? Yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I swam my butt off, like, uh-huh. and I loved it. Yeah, but that was see that was what's interesting there is that that was just pure love of the the activity. Like, I didn't think of it as exercise. I just loved to swim. And to swim fast was just what I wanted to do. Um, and then in college, I really didn't do much. Really, I didn't do much in med school either. I mean, I blew up in med school. I was, I got up to like two hundred and fifteen pounds. <laughs> it was like there was a lot of sedentary activity. Yeah. Um, and then, but you know, the military was like, there was no options. Like you, you know, get, got in shape. So and you've brought up some very good points. Actually, I was thinking about it. Like, um, and we talk about the military and what they do, but, um, my fitness journey was, uh, I was always a very skinny kid. I was very conscious of the fact that I was a very skinny kid. And my dad, uh, you know, I was an army brat. And uh, the army has this uh, this physicality to it. Like you, yeah. you're, uh, you know, there's no doubt the army is designed, is made, the purpose of it is to fight. And so, you know, you have to be in shape. So um, I was a skinny kid whose dad was a strong man, mm-hmm. surrounded by men in the army who were strong men. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not. So I would be in, in the bathroom trying to lift pails of buckets of water, basically, mm-hmm. and trying to build... My mom used to laugh at me for that. <laughs> but these are the kind of things that I used to do. But I was also kind of not very confident. And I couldn't climb up trees and run on the roofs and stuff. I would do it, but I wasn't confident doing it. You see what I mean? Yeah. And I also didn't participate in the kind of sports that men did, like soccer and field hockey. Mm-hmm. I played table tennis and I played cricket, you know, which are games that you know, don't require that much physicality necessarily to do it. And You'll then, have to explain cricket to me one of these days. Cricket is like baseball, man. <laughs> no, no, I know, but, I, <laughs> but, I, but I, I lived in England for three years and I still couldn't understand it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Point is, that require much physicality. And the other thing was that for the formative period of, you know, as a man, as a boy, is that just that preteen, that preteen period is critical, man. Mm-hmm. 
because if you don't get physical at that point in time in life like you don't you lack the skill and unfortunately for those 2 3 years we ended up moving to a place where I, there were no kids around me it was just me and my brother was 4 years younger than me and the house was great like there were there were there were trees orchards we used to climb trees to do also climb on the roof you do all that kind of stuff but it was just him and me so organized sport i couldn't play mm. and i never could and that actually stayed with me so when i became a teen and i suddenly found myself uh, didn't have the skill to play with the other guys and so that made me even more kind of intellectual i started thinking more uh and i was kind of sensitive and and things like that and that wasn't like a great period of time in my life and um but it wasn't bad i mean just something like from a from a guy standpoint i didn't have like the typical like into sports lots of you know mm-hmm. um like f- physically strong like confident in yourself like i wasn't that kind of guy um till i started playing basketball and it was beautiful because basketball came to india in a big way after we got cable tv and we started watching the jordan era of uh, oh awesome man. and so we started we got game we got his uh in a sixth title mm-hmm. things like that and basketball became a big thing but the thing was everybody had the same skill set because nobody had played the game as much <laughs> and we had a basketball court in our school and we all started playing basketball so then i started kind of getting into sport and i could play and i was actually picked first like there was a first time in my life that i was actually picked first on on you know awesome. when you were playing like uh uh pick up ball yeah. uh they would look for me and they would pick for me you know and it was awesome and they would like uh, it was just it was amazing and that was the first time in my life that I actually felt physically that I could do something but I didn't take it anywhere i was in india for the most part you 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 have to study mm-hmm. that's yeah. in order to get out of to do to be worth anything you have to study um so anyways we're going too much into it essentially so because there was no focus on physical activity um i did I did what was expected of me like you know I just studied I crushed it like I could, I could I could put it down like when it came to hard work like I worked hard I wasn't smart but I worked really hard and I got where I wanted to go but that's when uh, when you become a, when you come to this 18 16 17 18 that's the time when I when I look around and I have to see that you know I'm physically I can't keep up with some of these other guys so when I turned 18 that's when I met like my like one of my closest friends and we met um he's like a brother to me now and we started working out together and that's the first time i ever worked out formally like formally i went i went into the gym mm-hmm. first time walked into a gym at the age of 18 and uh the guy who owned the gym was sitting there and uh he saw me and he's like you've never worked out ever have you <laughs> and i said no i've never worked out he said okay fine this is what you need to do and he showed me a few moves that got me into working out but you can imagine a place like that and in, in even though it's bombay and it's like you know it's like one of the most developed cities in india back then when i was in in uh, just starting medical school there wasn't that much information man i mean we would look at ronnie coleman's photos and we would look at you know <laughs> anush watsonger's photos and stuff and and we didn't know how they got there we were like you just work out and you get there we had some basic moves even though i know i knew anatomy and knew how to pick up and what muscles were being worked i had no idea what hypertrophy workouts were mm-hmm. i had no idea what you know uh, you know how do you like what low reps like lifting for strength and lifting, lifting for, for hypertrophy. hypertrophy are different right yeah they're so, very different or yeah. what to eat like right. we always thought that we are we are not we are not getting big because we're not eating right like we don't have the same protein powders that these guys drink it's got nothing to do with protein powders or you know you can you supposed to eat as natural as you can get because there were bodybuilders working out in our gym right next to us 
but we didn't have the wherewithal to ask them what they were doing. Yeah. What it was just about lifting, and I lifted and I looked good. The reason to do it for me was because I wanted to fill up my shirts. Yeah, and that was the reason to do it. And there's no question. Like I started working out within a, within a year or two. And if you're 18 or 19, you eat and you work out. Dang, like you big, you get yeah. big, and uh, and that was it. That was my that was my reason to work out because I looked good and. Um, but that was also the Achilles heel because you can never look good enough because the metric itself is wrong. You don't work out to look good. You look good because you work out. Right. And I started with P90X videos. Imangi and me used to do them and they sucked. <laughs> like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, what? I mean, and I'm not getting any, yeah, you do get bigger, but you can't do it. You, you can't do those kind of pull-ups if you've never done those kind of pull-ups. You can't yeah. jump around like you've not jumped around. And I remember having this conversation with uh, a cardiologist, like he was a cardiologist and my fellow and me, I was a resident then and the fellow, we were doing P90X and we were talking about it all the time. And this cardiologist was like jacked, right? And we have this conversation in front of him and he's like, what are you guys doing again? He's like, P90X, so what is it? And we told him what it was. And, uh, and he's like, how long do you think you guys will be able to keep this up? And at that point, I never, I never, thought about what he told us yeah and i just said whatever i i completed i think i, I left last couple of weeks or whatever i couldn't the other guy the fellow stopped working on i stopped working out. i never completed the 90 days <laughs> and whatever but it took me a while to realize that that's exactly right and suddenly i came to my 30s and i reignited exercise and started working out i found out i, I found out fi- finally what hypertrophy related exercises were i got into it um, and then, then I realized I couldn't deadlift. I couldn't lift. I couldn't lift things that were heavy. I, I, I looked big, but I wasn't strong. Right. And I was like, this cannot be it. Right. Like this cannot be strength. Right. Um, I, I took up running and I ran till I was like 150 pounds and I looked sick. Like people walk up to me and they'd be like, man, like, are you, are you all right? And I'm like, I can't imagine I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I can run miles and miles and people think I look, I'm sick. I, I, I look sick. That's weird. And uh, my mom, my, my wife, everybody's like, you know, this has to end. You cannot, you cannot be this read thin. And I was like, this cannot be fitness. Um, hypertrophy exercises cannot be fitness. So what is fitness? Right. That's the question. What is fitness? And then I heard about CrossFit and they talk about it as functional fitness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. it. has to be CrossFit. When I have make enough money, I'm going to try it out because it's too expensive. Yeah. The minute I got into, uh, I started as an attending physician. I was like, I'm going to try CrossFit. And I did. And it blew my mind. I'm like, yes, this is functional fitness. And I was wrong. <laughs> but it was the best of all the fitness experiences I've had. CrossFit was the best experience I ever had. I was stronger, faster. I looked great. I felt like a million bucks. I mean, I could do whatever I wanted to do. I was wearing weighted vests and running sub eight minute miles. Like I was just the strongest, fastest, best. And I was like, I was like, yes, now I can be my dad if I wanted to be my dad. Like that's the thing I was getting in my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. this was, it was like this thing that was like a little canary that was kept locked in a box and now it's come out and this is like a full-blooded falcon you know um i was never strong enough because I, no one gave me the chance if not i could have been whoever i wanted to be you had arrived i had got that feeling it's like right. this you know the the eye of the tiger is playing in the background <laughs> <laughs> till i got injured yeah 
and I got injured and I said, oh, this is nothing. You know, I, I was flexible. I was, I was uh, doing all the accessory workouts. I was doing everything to kind of keep my core strong. I felt great. I was like, no, this is just a muscle twinge. And this is just a muscle twinge. This is just a muscle twinge. And I kept working out, kept working. I was working all the time. I was telling everybody I met, CrossFit is the thing. It'll free your mind. Like, you know, it'll get rid of your stress. It'll get rid of all the anxieties that you have. You know, how can you not do it? And I pushed my wife to do it. I, you know, I told my brother-in-law about it. Anybody I would meet, I would tell them. Because I was doing it and I didn't want anybody else to miss out on it. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with this injury and I kept dealing with it, kept dealing with it. And I said, it's nothing. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And one day I just couldn't get off the floor. The reason why CrossFit works is not because it makes you do thrusters. It's because you do it in a team setting in this competition. What you're doing is playing. You don't realize you're playing. Yeah. Exercise, it should be a self-motivating act. Kids exercise. They run around, they skip, they jump, they play. They do it because it's fun. Imagine if you and me could have that same kind of fun doing the things that they do. We don't because we think it's silly. We think those kind of games are silly. Jumping, balancing, hanging is silly. Unless you do it in a group setting. Then you can jump off and balance and do box jumps. If you, if you were to find yourself doing those things outside of a gym, you would think of those things as silly. Look at this 40-year-old person you know, jumping around like this. Like it just looks silly, right? It shouldn't be silly. It It, it is, it, it should be self more. It should be fun. And if it's, if it's fun, you'll be motivated to do it. The reason why most people look at someone exercising and they're like, man, this is ridiculous. Why is this guy doing this? This just sounds, looks painful. I can't do it. And the fact that you and me have both gone through phases where we have worked out and then quit because of lack of motivation, that in itself shows that it's upending itself. Exercise upends itself. You've got to find reasons to make it work. Yeah. It clears my mind. But I think that cardiologist that you talked about, so the exact right thing. You got to find something that works for you that you can do every day. See, in his case, he was addled with anxiety, and he was working out. He was jacked because he was working out to get rid of his anxiety. But it's still true, though. I mean, it's. But I I don't disagree with that yeah. fact. But yeah. the point is that if you would, if the object is to get rid of something, and that's why you're doing it, it motivates you to do it. No question. But imagine doing it for its own sake. Because it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I think some people do that, right? But you have to trick yourself is what I'm saying. So what we need to do is like just get like 20 cage leopards. <laughs> leopards is the theme of this. <laughs> what you need to do is like get a 20 cage leopards and like release them into the city. And like that'll <laughs> people will really start working. <laughs> yeah. The point is that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. This like we, that's the reason why exercise is in itself is, you know, you cannot motivate everybody to get off their butt to exercise. Mm-hmm. You just can't, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, so then if we break it down, then we have to decide first, is there a value to fitness? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then, so if there's value to fitness, what is the value though? Right. What is it? What is the value? Because I think everybody looks at it exactly the same way that we looked at it before. It makes you look good. It makes you live long. It makes you, uh, uh, you know, in case of emergencies, I'll be able to kind of back and I'll be able to, because I'm, I'm fit, I'll, I'll be able to, you know, perform these, these, these activities. 
all of those things are reasons that modern men have or women and women have come up with as reasons to do a certain thing but all of those things being true why isn't it that everybody works out you see what i mean yeah i mean it's, it's simple i mean there's no question you ask anybody is exercise good for you everybody says exercise is great then why are you not doing it because we use the term exercise as a reason as a way to get these things to as opposed to if not exercise then what like what it's yeah it's viewed as above or beyond as opposed to right. an obligation it kind of goes along the lines of the conversations we've had it's a duty and you know when i was in the military that's how it was looked at you were expected to exercise like it was there was no like you we actually had to log in hours like oh i got to leave i got to go do my you know um but you see if you even if you look at it from the military side my dad hated those military exercises <laughs> i can tell you about it man he used to he used to be like it, it was just <laughs> and so if if you're forced to do it right yeah if you're forced to do it obviously you'll be like what the heck man this is the worst thing ever right it's like i, I <laughs> taking it's like taking uh, uh taking someone for a run who doesn't want to go for a run yeah right they hate it they always groan they moan they they don't enjoy it and you're like how come he's not enjoying it this is making sense point is the military has got it right that the kind of exercises they make you do the kind of stuff they make you do like i don't know how it is in the us military maybe there's a lot of weightlifting and I, i think there's a lot of weightlifting nice. that happens here but it's that is a kind it's it's balancing of things it's climbing it's swimming it is ducking it is it is uh um so like uh like bear bear crawls like bear crawls things like that yeah scorpion pushups type stuff yeah i mean these are the kind of things because terrain is like that like global bodyweight training basically there is no lifting weights it's your backpack it's your weapon it is what you're carrying on you and you take that and you have to push things over a wall and jump over after it and then pick it up Bang, put it back on run balance while you're doing it with an uneven load climbing a rope while you're while you have an uneven load helping a buddy pushing him over carrying somebody running with him these are the things that humans did it, it i can't do any of them yeah for me the most important thing about exercise is learning to be honest with yourself like walking out of the gym saying okay i did what i planned to do and i left it all in the gym i didn't skimp i didn't cut any corners i didn't say ah oh, well you know that i mean i think to me for me that's very important practicing uh being honest with myself so this brings us actually now finally brings us down to what we the discussion we were having today while we pulling tires right yeah and uh, the question essentially was at the end of the workout how do you feel yeah right how do you feel at the end of the workout and uh, and you said What I don't said? remember. <laughs> you said that. I blacked it out. No, I felt great. Like I felt, um, I felt exhausted, but um, I was gassed. Like I just for that last set that we did, I just I I knew I had I was again I was being honest with myself. I felt like I still had a little gas in the tank, and so I was like, well, I'm going to burn it all out here because that's what I want to do. Um, but um, you I said just, you, you felt like you accomplished something. You got something done. Yeah, I felt invigorated. Yeah, right. And I felt like um, I'd set a goal, and I, you know, I had I'd met it. You know, it was a little micro happiness step, and that's fine. But it was a, uh, um, yeah, it was invigorating. It felt good. Yeah. So and that's that's it. That's a you know, it's called in running. It's called the runner's high. In working out, basically, it gives you a high at the end. It's a sense of accomplishment. Something right. that you did, which was hard. It hurt. 
Yeah. You, there's no reason for you to have done it, but you did it. You made it. It was a little victory. And that's, of all the reasons to work out, that's a reason to do it, man. Yeah. To actually get a little victory. It's the, it was, in, I, yeah. So strangely, and that's what I mean. So the, the, the best part of the exercise was the cognitive benefit from it. Right. For me. So the, the, the thing that happened in, mentally in here after the exercise is, you know, the, what motivated me. Right. Because yeah. right. we all know that just because you can work out one day or do something one day, it's not going to suddenly yeah. change your body. Right. Or, so only have, you that was my last workout. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is a cognitive effect of it. That's the best reason to do it. And if there is an ever an encouraging reason to an ex- to exercise, if anybody who hasn't done it or doesn't do it consistently, it is that. Yeah. Because life doesn't give you that many uh, victories. These are victories that you can make for yourself. If yeah. you set a good target for yourself and you achieve the target, and there has to be, I think we were in the middle of it and you're like, man, yeah, now it's going to suck. And we both agree, right? This is the time it's going to suck. And there's a time there that your mind tells you, man, just stop. Like, come on, you, know, you don't need to do this. And you... You quench that and right. you keep going. Right. And when you get done, you're like, yes, your victory was you you squashed your own mind, your own weakness. Yeah, you overcame it. You overcame it. Right. And that overcoming is that cognitive victory. The victory right. is not if you did five sets and it was all easy, that maybe that victory is the, you won't have the same victory. Yeah. And it is that's the beauty of it. And for all the reasons to it, I think that's the reason to do it. Yeah. Um, to to feel better about yourself, the confidence, the the fact you give yourself a mental high five. You give yourself a hug. Um, well, yeah. It builds self-respect. Right. And it builds confidence. Right? Yeah. I work out every day. And I've never worked out every day before. Mm. Um, but what is a workout? Right? Comes back to that. I'm not having a, I'm not doing a crossword workout every day. Yeah. But I hang on like pull-up bars, you know, for extended duration of time. I rehab every day with weights. I, uh, my wife and me, this is on, I run with my son. Mm-hmm. I do push-ups with, uh, with my wife and, uh, we've been on this, uh, push-up challenge and we've been doing it together. And, uh, um, I swim and I find 20 minutes, 10 minutes, could be five minutes, but I make sure I do it, do it every day. Yeah. And it's not that I do it because I put it in my calendar and I do it. Like I should do this before. I should do today is a workout day. I'm going to go work out. Yeah. I work out. I just like, if, if you're having a conversation, you know, I'm, I'm rehabbing my leg mm. and things like that. You see what I mean? Yeah. I call all of them workouts. Yeah. Why not? What I've realized essentially is that the reason to work out every day is not to work out. It's to make, it's to, to, to develop the discipline. Yeah. And it is a long, it's a, it's a long haul, man. It's a, it's, it's a, it's for life. You could push, you know, you could do thrusters, you could do all of those things now, but can you do the same things when you're 70? Can you do it when you're 80? I don't know. I don't think the answer to that is probably now, but the discipline can be there. Oh yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what I was going to get at. It's like when you were talking about the armless, legless person, the, the there are still opportunities to exercise. Yeah. Right. The, the physical potential is different, right? But Very the, different. But how, how that person chooses to define what discipline they're going to follow, they're, you know, that they can still define that and they can still find ways to meet whatever milestones they define for themselves. 
This what you're saying reminds me of an interesting story that uh, that mentor, that personal trainer that I met. We were on the conversation. He was very into. Um, he didn't call it that. Gonna, he, he didn't call it mindfulness or anything like that. But he was very. He kept calling it um, Zen. Uh-huh. He's like, man, you gotta you gotta find a way to bring Zen into your workouts. And we were on that conversation, and this is like way before. Um, I had started like mindfulness, meditation, any of that stuff. And so, but he told me about a guy. He, he told me about the uh, fitness, I don't want to use the word guru, but it was like, it was a, somebody who was um, a fitness advocate that he admired. I don't remember the name. And I don't think they were very famous. But he was telling me he knew, he knew this person and the way he did exercise he thought was perfect. And it was this. The guy was an artist. And his art involved moving boulders into particular shapes that were aesthetically pleasing. And that was his exercise because he would move the boulders by hand. Mm-hmm. He would not use power machinery or anything. So he would find these boulders, right? And then he would have to figure out how to dig them out, how to move them. And then he would transport them to wherever he was going to stage his little exhibit mm-hmm. or his art. And so his, and the guy said he, it was perfect because it was an artistic expression. He was moving all his, everything, using his ingenuity, using his strength, leverage, everything. The guy was in awesome shape because this is what he did, like constantly. Not convenient for most people. But when he told me that story, I was like, that's pretty awesome. That guy's basically, he's, he's combined his artistic drive with this, you know, physical exertion. So here I find to that mentor, he gave me 10 rules. These are the 10 rules of fitness he taught me. I'm going to read these real fast. He said, number one, you're only as strong as your grip. Number two, strength starts from your back. Agility starts from your core. Endurance starts from your heart. Fitness starts when all three are peaked. Number three, uh, three, shrug what you squat. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, build functional strength before you isolate muscle groups. Don't waste your time doing curls if you can't do a (laughs) (laughs) pull-up. There you go. (laughs) Number five, involve your core with every exercise. Number six, breathe. Number seven, remember fitness cannot be bought or bribed. She can only be earned, and she will leave you the second you ignore her. Number eight, proper form beats monster weight mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Number nine, you will get injured. Adapt. And number ten, he said, cook your own food. Put in your body only those ingredients you have chosen thoughtfully. He said that was mm-hmm. it. He's like, he said, if you do these ten things, that's it. No, after that point, you forget what your body does. Mm-hmm. You just do those ten things. That's so some of that still rings true. Right. Especially the the curls, right? You were talking about biceps in a way. He's in there. <laughs> yeah. Alright, man. Alright. That was good. Don't forget to uh, look us up and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us an honest five-star rating. (laughs) But really, at this point, any feedback uh, would be greatly appreciated. And as always, um, 
We will include relevant information in our show notes uh, wherever possible. So we have a Twitter handle. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we also have uh, our uh, Gmail account, uh, resiliencyrounds at gmail dot com. Uh, shoot us some questions. Uh, you know, give us some feedback there, um, and uh, we'll be happy to get back in touch with you. All right, All right guys. guys. Until next time. Yeah. Thank you.